the FBI should hire some of Taylor Swift fans. They call them Swifties because they decoded all the Easter eggs that revealed the song titles for her new re-release of Fearless. Donna's got a theory about how it happened. She's going to share with you coming up. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to my second act. My name is Donna. I'm Caddy's wife. I have figured out that I can power nap anywhere. I'm kind of like a camel, like in the desert. You know, they sleep with their little big eyes, like standing up. They just like, and then they just sort of fall over on their humps or whatever. So like yesterday I was working or something and I just like, I I was like, I'm just going to close my eyes for 10 minutes while I'm standing up. And I like, I, I got in a pretty good nap. And I've realized over the years. Standing up? Yes. I've realized over the years I can sleep in carpool. Like that was my favorite place to sleep until somebody come over and bang on your window and want to chit chat about like a teacher or something. You're like, I'm in the middle of a nap here. Put your seat back. I mean, it's just like, it's just this beautiful, like 10 minute siesta. I am all about a power nap. I call it a sinking spell. You know, when you're just like walking around and you're like, I got to, I just got to sit down. Like you're so overcome by tiredness that you have to like, just stop whatever you're doing, fall over and take a nap. You're a big fan of the four hour nap. My thing was, um, especially doing radio, morning radio, the, the last 12 years of my career in radio, I would get up at 3.30, 3.45. Some ungodly hour. So naps were really a part of your day. I didn't much like him because you did have FOMO, you know, the fear of missing out. If you're, if you're in bed at one o'clock in the afternoon and you sleep until 4 PM, then you miss a good bit of stuff. Like what? What's going on from one to four? Well, I, or maybe just maybe (laughs) the talk. What are you missing? Well, but you, you, I felt, I always felt guilty. Right. I always felt bad. Right. And when the kids were much younger, I think that they thought daddy was sick all the time. Well, we had to have a conversation with them when they were really little. Because daddy was in the bed every afternoon yes. from one to four. Yeah. And then they understood. We also had to keep the house quiet when they had other kids over. It's like, shh. Okay. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank well, you that. that was not easy. So my thing, my theory about naps is this. If, if I can't get a full nap in, it would just piss me off. You know, I, like I can't do a 15 minute nap. That, that's not enough for me. See, and if I sleep too long, then I, I'm I'm not in a good state when I get up because it's almost like you're groggy. Well, and there's, you're tired. there's that too. If you overnapped, if you went more than three hours, yeah, then it would affect what time you went to bed that night. Yeah, because people used to ask me when you did morning radio, they were like, "Does he go to bed at like six o'clock?" And and I'm no, like, "No, like eleven, eleven thirty. Yeah, he went. You went to bed too late. Like but, two different sleep cycles. Yeah, there's just nothing you can do. Sleep like a camel, you say? Yeah, that's me. Close my little eyes, fall over on my humps. All right, so let's talk about. Let's start with the conversation with Taylor Swift, because this is fascinating to to both of us. Taylor has been or is in the process of re-releasing a lot of her music. Uh, and Fearless is the second album to drop. And it has been in stores for about uh, or uh, stores been available to download for uh, three or four or five days now. Uh, but she sent her fans, Swifties, on this Easter egg hunt. To reveal the titles of the songs that had not been released. That from are, the vault. Right, from the vault that are now part of the re-recorded Fearless project. Yeah, it's amazing. And I told you, so she it basically was a, a short video montage of just letters. And they would just come, you know, up on the screen. And these Swifties, some of them spent 
hours, days. Some of them didn't. Some of them did it very quickly. They well, were like, somebody did it within six minutes. Well, they're like a member of Mensa, clearly. But I mean, they would they were like putting all these, you know, untangling all these letters to form the names of the songs. And I told you, listen here. OK, during the pandemic, I tried to put together a puzzle with like flowers and stuff on it and I couldn't do it. Like I just gave up. Like I got the end pieces and I'm like, I don't even like puzzles. Why am I doing this? Because it's the pandemic and everyone's doing puzzles. And every night I try to get to the candy next Candy Crush level. It takes me two, three times. Like Sir Chocolate stops me every time. I don't get enough jelly. I can't get over here. And these people are putting together these song titles in like two minutes. I don't know if they're young people, old people. I don't, I don't know who, the, who they are. And some of them were tweeting about it. Like, oh, I got the first three. I can't get that. I mean, it's like, it's insanity. And she does this all the time. Hang on. She's fine. This little bun. No, we'll leave, I want to leave this in. Bun is with us. Let's, 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 little let's, bun. Are you going to let Bun go, Carl? I'm just going to open the door let her out. Okay. Oh. Well, Bun, tell everybody. We'll get to Taylor Swift back on that conversation. Second. But Bun, bun is, is our, in the studio. She's our um, emotional our support podcasting dog. She's a Frenchie. Mm-hmm. She's a little Frenchie. She's Somebody's going to steal her in the newsroom yeah, and sell her. That's right. Like, she's Carl's Frenchie, and her name is Bun, and she's an emotional support podcasting animal. All right, back to the Swifties, who probably all have and very emo- poorly behaved. No, she's not at all. I bet all the Swifties have emotional support animals. Really. All right, Donna. Blankets, things like that. Anyway, they cracked this code. They they decoded all of the songs. From the vault. So I think you should go back a little bit and explain why is she, because a lot I've had, even though people under, have heard the, uh, everything that's in the news, nobody, there are a lot of people that do not understand why is she re-releasing this stuff? Where right. has this stuff been? When Scooter Braun acquired Taylor's former label, which was Big Machine Records in 2019. Which was the only label she had ever been on. Correct. Since so she was 15 years old. Right. With Scott Borchetta. Mm. Um, Scooter said, we own your masters and, and, and you can't have them. And ultimately he sold them, didn't he? Yeah. Yes. He sold them to like a finance Three, $300 company. million. Dollars, I think yeah. was the price tag. So later that year in 2019, Taylor Swift confirmed that she would be re-recording all of her old albums. And she said at the time, I think that artists deserve to own their work. I just feel very passionately about that. So what Taylor is doing is going back in to the studio and she is re-recording every single album. Which, um, how many of those are there? Uh, how many albums? Nine, maybe? So what are we no, talking? This is going to be like over the next seven years I would or imagine so. But in addition to re-recording the entire album so that there are now new masters that she owns and it also uh, takes away some of the value of, of the, the original old. masters yeah. that, that Scooter Braun sold. Uh, in addition to re-recording every single song, like on Fearless, which is uh, the one that dropped in the past week, right. she's adding songs from the vault, and there were six songs, including a collaboration with Keith Urban. Yes, and Maren Morris, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and Keith has been um, putting up on his socials about, you know, he's kind of reminiscing back to the time when they did the project together, and he had almost like forgotten about it because it was in the vault. And he was like, it, it, you know, it, it's interesting that it's coming out now. And I mean, I think he had, again, this is what's so fascinating. Again, light, clearly a lightning rod of a performer. People like her, love her, hate her, you know, you're in three camps. You like her, you love her, you hate her. But you have to remember, while she's re-recording Fearless, she's releasing music from the vault and she's releasing 
new double album music. Like, so, I mean, the creativity is unparalleled. I mean, seriously, like who has, I mean, this child has some, she's got some thoughts. You know what I mean? Like, where does all of this come from? It's insane. Keith Urban posted on Instagram after he was outed by the Swifties as being one of the artists that will join her on a song from the vault. Uh, Keith posted, I haven't heard our voices together since sitting in with you on the 1989 tour in Toronto. Magic. Congrats, TS. You've got some gems in that vault. Thanks for having me join you on a couple of them. Yeah, it's great. And the first the first one that came out from the vault was Mr. Perfectly Fine. And it's, it's amazing. I haven't listened to any of it. It's amazing. That's the thing. It's like you don't hear one and go, eh, you know, she threw that one out there. It's not like that. And she's been writing songs since she was 10 years old. Three, I you think. Know? So, I mean, she's got a lot of them. Yeah. So you're getting re-released music from Taylor Swift, but she's also making it worth yeah. your dollar. To rebuy this, well, or, to, yeah, right. to re-download a new album. Because that happens a lot. Luke Bryan is guilty of this very recently. Uh, last Friday, he dropped a deluxe album, a deluxe version of uh, his latest album. And what they do is they tack on... Two songs. Three, I think he tacked on three new yeah. songs. And and for that, you rebuy the entire album. Uh, I've always kind of struggled with that way of thinking because I think it's lazy. Yeah. Put out an EP or put out an album. Well, a lot of times, I think, too, it's when artists know, like, almost... I, I could be wrong here, but I think they almost feel like pressure because other people are releasing stuff and they don't have enough for an album and they haven't... They haven't gotten it together. We just lived through a pandemic. Yeah, exactly. For a year. I know, but you know what I'm saying? I'm saying in the past, I think those EPs always come out when like you're, you want, somebody says, when are we going to get new music from Luke Bryan? He's like, well, I don't have anything. So let's just throw this out there, you know, with two or three extra songs. So you're right. But this is not that. This is a whole project. She's not, you're not gonna be able to stop her. What do you think Scooter Braun thinks about all this? I think he thinks that it's, very, very smart. Yeah. He would never admit that. But he doesn't know how to backtrack on what he's... How can you? She's releasing happened. the music. Well, and he's know? already sold the masters. Yeah. I just think if he could go back in time, he might make a different decision. I think it will go down as one of the biggest subversive music battles that yeah. ever happened. I was going to use battles as well. Because it's not out in the public as much as it was. I mean, when you think of arguments with Taylor Swift, you think more of like Kanye or, you know, those people that Katy Perry that she's had beefs with in the past and obviously Scooter Braun, but they do it very subversively. You know, it's almost like she said her piece, he said his piece and she's like, okay, I'm going to go do my own thing. And what's that saying? Revenge is best served ice cold. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Very interesting. But the more interesting thing to me is these Swifties. I just, I, I don't, I can't, I don't know. How, I, need, I need them to help me get to level 74. Candy Crush. I had said a couple of times during this podcast that I didn't see how an artist was going to go on tour unless the promoter uh, had some sort of vaccination clause in the contract. And I was clearly very, very wrong. What? Because Eric, yeah, write that down. Yes. Because Eric Church has announced a massive tour. And he started teasing this a couple of months ago. And I've said on this podcast, I, I hope that he does it. Listen, I'm a huge Eric Church fan. Always have been. I cannot wait to see Eric Church in concert. But I just didn't know if they were going to be able to pull it off. And he's going for it. Yeah. 
and not just going. I mean, not it's, like, it's, not, a, it's a it's, it's a, a it's tour. A, it's a fifty three plus city tour. I know around all of America, wrapping at uh, uh, Madison Square Garden. We're gonna be there in New York doing the Staples Center. Um, this is um, but no Atlanta date yet. No Atlanta date yet. And I asked somebody about that, and I said, you know, listen, I I can't imagine the questions you're getting about no Atlanta date, but I'm getting them as well. What's, what's, what's the line or what, what's the story? And I was told dates can always be added. You know how much Eric church loves a big surprise. So I don't know what that means exactly, but the gather again tour kicks off September 17th of, of 2021. That's like in five months from right now. I think, I think it's, I think it's going to be fine. I, I told you, I think that, I mean, I saw where, you know, Kane Brown is doing a huge stadium tour. Well, he's doing it. Not, no, Kane's not doing a stadium tour. It's a is an arena tour. Arena tour. Uh, think uh, here in Atlanta, it would be State Farm Arena. Yeah. And what Kane is doing, he's doing this tour with Jordan Davis and Chase Rice. Uh, Kane's always been a huge basketball fan, and so he is performing at the twenty nine arenas across the country that host NBA games. And apparently, he's the first country artist to do this. So is it tied into NBA games? I don't or think no? no. I don't okay. think that it is. It's just tied into his love of, of, of basketball and of those basketball. arenas. Well, and I think you made a great point yesterday when you and I were kind of talking about it, and that is it's almost like first in wins. There's only so much well, I don't know. I mean, I think that for fans, there's unlimited. Like people would go see see, I think it's different now than it was before because before if there were a hundred acts coming maybe you only had so much money and you're like okay i'm gonna go see eric church but i'm not gonna see kane brown i think now people are like i want to see everybody well but there's only so much money to go around right yeah that's what you were saying but i don't know i think i think people are going to come roaring back to see these concerts because i think you've also had you know like you and i used to say like I mean, this sounds bad, but because you worked in country radio so many years, there were some acts that no matter what we wanted to see every year. But there were some acts were like, eh, you know, other people really wanted to see them. We're like, we've seen them a lot. Why and, I mean, Annabella? and I don't mean that to be jaded, but we had just seen <clears> them <throat> a lot through the years with you working in country radio. And we didn't really. But now I got to tell you, like if Lady Annabella rolled up in my cul-de-sac, I'd be like, I'm, I'm here. You could probably book them. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that, but still, you know what I mean? Like you, you're so desperate for like live music and entertainment. I think. I think it is going to come roaring back. And you have to remember people have, you know, there's a lot of people that don't have jobs that are still suffering, but there's also a lot of people who have a lot more disposable income because they haven't been taking vacations. They haven't been going out to dinner. They haven't been going to concerts. So their concert budgets are much higher than they were before. It's going to be interesting. I think you need to be one of the first half dozen artists to announce a tour because people are so desperate for live music that, um, you're just going to want to go to experience live music. And it may not be one of your favorite artists. Right. Uh, but I, I do think that there's only so much money to go around. And so if you're not part of that first half Wait. dozen artists, um, then you have the potential to not make the splash that you could if you were as prepared as Eric Church clearly has been. Yeah, um, I think that's the other thing. I think there are some artists who may be sitting back and saying, Let's see how this goes. Let's see. Let's see someone successfully do it and launch it. And then we'll kind of have a prototype of, you know, a template of how to do it. Because I think there are a lot of artists who are like, yeah, I want to do it. But what does it look like? And I think you're going to find it looks like it used to look like. I think it's here's hoping, you know, 
Yeah, that'd be great. Making pyramids in the pit. Yes. It is auto show week. If you're listening on uh, upload date, thank you for that. It means the world to us. Uh, that would be Tuesday, April 13th. The auto show actually kicks off tomorrow, Wednesday, April 14th, and runs through the Sunday, the 18th at the George World Congress Center. A couple of changes because of the pandemic, but you're still going to get Atlanta Spring Thing, the 39th annual Atlanta International Auto Show, the biggest trade event in the city of Atlanta every single year. It is a couple of changes because of the pandemic. Um, there aren't hard tickets. You go to GoAutoShow.com, GoAutoShow.com, and you download your tickets onto your phone. And just like, uh, I mean, the system's been around for years, but you show your phone at the entrance gate. They scan it. You go in wearing your mask, your social distance, and you get to see uh, all sorts of vehicles and makes and models and different manufacturers and uh, caffeine and octane is going to be there with uh, the show cars and the exotics and it's just a great family event in atlanta and i know that we both are excited and i know that you share our excitement that the auto show is happening this year about a month later than it normally would uh, but not many cities are doing auto shows because they just uh are concerned about huge crowds but i'm telling you mata the metro atlanta automobile dealers association and shane wilson and uh, jw these guys have been working for months to make sure number one that your safety um is, you know, that you're safe at this event, but they want you to have fun with the family and come downtown and spend the entire day at the auto show. Yeah. And I, I, I listened to, there's a great bonus podcast that you guys dropped with you and Shane. And if you haven't listened to it, it, it's amazing. And, and I learned so much by listening to that podcast and it made me feel really good because the Atlanta auto show has been a tradition for many years, 39 years. And I thought it was very interesting that they're the only show around basically around the country that's going forth with it. So support them, go out and, um, you know, go out and uh, buy your tickets and go down and take your family and have a great day out of it. You'll see the latest the automakers have to offer, including some exciting auto show debuts like the Ford uh, Bronco, the new Ford Bronco, the Ram 1500 TRX, the Jeep Grand Wagoneer, uh, and the Subaru BRZ. All available, great special attractions, exotic cars, classic cars, and other specialty vehicles too. Adult tickets are 12 bucks. Kids 6 to 12 are $6. Kids 5 and under are free. Go to GoAutoShow.com for more information. GoAutoShow.com. Uh, Building C, Georgia World Congress Center, Northside Drive. You can also buy parking in advance at GoAutoShow.com. The Atlanta International Auto Show is this week, April 14th through 18th. Produced by the Metro Atlanta Automobile Dealers Association, your franchise new car and truck dealers. Many meals with dinner affair can be catered to your tastes and maybe even your dietary needs. Many meals are gluten-free with Dinner Affair. One of the many, many ways that Dinner Affair sets themselves apart from other uh, meal delivery services. So you just got back from spring break and you're looking in your refrigerator and you have maybe one avocado and like a... A banana. What are you going to do with that? Yeah, what are you going to do? And so you're like, I've got to go to the grocery store and spend a fortune. And then I've got to figure out what I'm going to cook. And we're in this rolling thing where we've been eating out for seven days and spend a fortune. Trust me, the best thing you can do is go onto your computer, go on your laptop. You can even do it on your phone and order your dinner affair meals. You get to control the food that's going to be brought to your house. You get to control your delivery date. And you're going to feel so much better just knowing that you have meals for the next couple of weeks that you can cook that are healthy, that your kids are going to enjoy, and you're not going to be stressed out over what you're cooking. And then you can go to the grocery store and get your toilet paper and all your other stuff to fill in. But you've got your meals covered. And it makes you feel so good to know that you've got dinner covered. Always prepared. No prep needed. Everything is ready to cook as needed when uh, your your meals that you choose every month from dinneraffair.com 
arrive uh, on your front porch. Contactless and dinner fare also ships nationwide. Regardless of where you're listening right now, a very generous promo code for $30 off your first order at dinner affair. Caddy 2021 is the promo code. Caddy, C-A-D-D-Y, 2021 for 30 bucks off your first order. Take advantage of that now at dinneraffair.com, dinneraffair.com. On the way here, Donna, to the App and Media Group and App and Podcast Network. Let's talk about that song that you had uh, cranking up. Oh my gosh, it was Peaches from Justin Bieber. I love that song. I love me some Justin Bieber. It's from his new album. What's the album called? Just Justice. Yes. Yeah, Justice. And um, I kind of like decoded it because I'm like, who is old Justin talking about here? And he's like, I get my peaches down in Georgia. And that's like a supposedly a nod to him being from Georgia. And then he says, prepare yourselves. Uh, I get my weed from California. And I was thinking, oh, look at Justin being bold there. But what he's saying, he said, is that's where he makes his money is in California. So I don't know if weed for him is the green and like the cash or the whatever. You're looking at me suspiciously, but whatever. Okay. Anyway. Is he from Georgia? Yes. I thought he was from Canada. Well, he was born in Canada, but he grew up in Georgia. Okay, well, I mean, I knew that, but okay. yeah. All right. And it's like a love letter to his wife, Haley. But I love it. It's just catchy. Catchy as heck. Now, when I sing it around my children, just so y'all know, what I do change, you change weed to wine. I get my wine from California. There you go. Yeah, that's a good. You're good, Don. I try. You're very, very good. Now, if you're listening with your kids, and you and I just outed what the lyric is, I'm really sorry. I mean, you know. Anyway, it's legal in 15 states. Anyway, moving on. It's money. That's what he's referring to. Is money. What was your hype song? My hype song. I've been listening to a lot of Prince. Oh, I love Prince. Did you know that they have found an entire unreleased album? From Prince? No. And it's going to be released in July. Seriously? Yes. Oh, I like that. So. Did you know um, he's only five feet tall? Or he was only five feet tall? I knew that he was short. I didn't Tiny. know that. Um, I want to add a Little Red Corvette. Oh, that's a good one. To the Donna and Caddy Hype Song playlist. One of the best concerts I've ever seen in my life was Prince at Lakewood. And he, um, Lakewood Amphitheater is is iconic venue here in Atlanta, just south of the airport. Um he would not come out until it was absolutely pitch dark, mm. but he played for like two hours. Do you know that of, I think I have seen every body that I could possibly see and I've never seen Prince live. And I, I always hated that because I mean, I, I heard he just put on an amazing show. And his last concert was here was at the Fox in Atlanta Theater? at the Fox Theater. Yeah. Right before he died. That's a good one. That's a good one to add. All right. Prince Philip at oh, 99 so years sad. old. Prince Philip has passed, the husband of Queen Elizabeth. Yeah. 99 years old. Married, they were married Donna for 57 years, I think I read somewhere. God bless them. Maybe more than that even. Can you imagine? Yes, I can, hon. He's been in very poor health. Yes. Um, can you not imagine being married for 57 years? Yeah. What, what's gonna, what would be the alternative? That's just a long just time. just give up at No, 40? but that's just a long time. To be married, to be alive, to what? What are you saying here? To be married. What are you going to do? Like at 42, you're just like, I think that's enough. I just don't know that many people make it, Donna, to, to that mark. I, anyway, do all anyway, the time. he's been very ill, Donna, and he's been hospitalized, and he finally died. All right? So talk about the royals. And, and well, what's the first thing you thought of? I mean, obviously, you're very sad when you heard that, but the first thing I thought of. Why wasn't he a king? Okay, no, that's not what I. That's thought. what I thought. Why? Well, why he's married? He's married to Queen Elizabeth. Why would he not be a king? He's basically like he's been like kind of like her bitch for like the past. Donna Chote. I mean, he has because he really doesn't have a whole lot that he has to do. 
I mean, imagine like if I'm the queen and you're married to me, but you're not the king. You've got one up on me. Yeah, you better believe it. And I, I mean, I would like, I think I would probably throw that out a lot. Like when you went take the trash down, I'm like, you know, I'm the damn queen. What are you doing? And you're not the king, you know? Anyway, the first thing I thought about was how is this funeral going to go down with this royal madness? Did you not think about that? You know, I didn't. I am now, and you're right, because you have Prince William and Prince Harry who, who haven't spoken. And they've been trading some, there's some stuff going on in the in the tea gossips lately about Prince William and what he, you know, just, I don't think that they're in a good place at all. I mean, I think that it was challenged before, but after they did the interview with Oprah, I think it's like all time high. And Prince Harry and Meghan said during that interview with Oprah that they still talk to Phil. I mean, so they're very tight. Or so Harry says with the queen and they were tight with Prince Philip. I think most of their challenges are with daddy, daddy and William because William takes Prince daddy Charles. Says, yeah, Prince Charles. So it's going to be interesting because Harry has to return for the funeral. He has to. And so everybody's going to be watching this funeral for the body language and what's going on here. And I mean, this is going to be epic. I mean, I hate that poor Prince Philip had to die for us to see this play out, but I'm, I'm here for it. I'm pulling my lawn chair up. Do we get the BBC still on direct TV? I don't know. You kill court TV. Mm. I might have to reinstate that package just for this because I've got to see this go down. There's going to be some royal snubbing. Like, here's the thing. They don't have like protection. You know, they were so adamant about. Well, they being Prince Harry and Meghan. Yeah. So, I mean, like, are they just going to have to stroll in like the side door? And like, are they going to have to like walk to the funeral because they can't get in like the queen's transportation. I mean, it's just very interesting, you know, how it's all going to go down seriously when you think about it. Because they were so adamant about exercising themselves from the royal family. And so now if they come back for the funeral, they're going to be like, well, you're just like a couple of guests from California. And they're like, okay, well, how do we get to the funeral? And they're like, I don't know. They got to rent a car or something, you know? Do you not have all these questions? I, You know, I, as I've stated before, I don't follow the royals. Yeah. A lot. Certainly not as much as you do. I think it's a girl thing. It's just a fascination, like with, you know, Queen's Gambit and all this stuff going on. It's just fascinating. He said, he being uh, Prince Philip, that he didn't want a big fuss when he died. Yeah, I don't think it works that way. I think when you're like a, a royal, you're going to get a fuss. Okay. <laughs> I want to hit briefly on the uh, story about the woman in Miami. Okay, we're not doing this. Okay, we're not doing this. Let's move on. Can we talk about this? We're talking about... We need some filler. We're talking about the Queen's Gambit and all those kind of shows. Her vagina was a deadly weapon. Okay, hot, stop. Okay, can we talk (laughs) about this show we've been watching on... We're only on episode two of Netflix about the art heist. Yes. Fascinating. And I've read ahead, as I do often, and I know who they think did it. There's no complete conclusion on who did it. Okay, talk about the documentary. What's the name of it? Uh, I don't even know. Oh, great. Well, look that up. (laughs) Look that up. Because it's on Netflix right now. It just dropped. It's called uh, I'm a Robber or something. Okay, yeah. I don't know. But it's a a short four-episode series about the biggest art heist in the history of the world. And it happened in Boston at a museum that I was not even familiar with. And this museum, okay, so I lived up in that area. I'd never been to this museum. And this museum is incredible. 
like on the outside of the building, it's kind of like a normal building, but on the inside, it's like this courtyard with real trees. And it's almost like a little mini Central Park or something inside an art museum. And this, it was the world's biggest heist. I'd never heard the story before. I'd never heard these names before. Uh, the, the paintings, these are one of a kind. These are Rembrandts. These Matisse. are. Um, yeah, unbelievable. And they cut them out of the frames. Of the frames. They left all the frames and cut them out of the frames and took them. And it's fascinating on so many levels because you're like, like I was saying to you, where did they put them? Just like in their trunk well, or I their think, car? I think the reason that they cut them out is because they were able to roll them up like maps mm-hmm. and then put them in a trunk somewhere. Now, the problem, if you have a one-of-a-kind Rembrandt, and there's only one in the world, uh, and, and this was $200 million worth of art that yes. was stolen from this one museum, um, it's not like you can hang it in your home because no. someone would be like, well, wait a minute, that's Rembrandt's whatever. And, well, and, and you can't sell it. You have to sell it on the black market because you can't sell it through Sotheby's or anything like that because they they know. And they put up like a, I think Sotheby's actually put up a million dollar reward, but they never solved, officially solved the case um, as to who did it. But it was fascinating. It is fascinating. We're only in episode two. It is called This is a Robbery. This is a Robbery. Yeah. True crime stuff is very interesting. Even if you're not into art. And we're not, and I'm not. I, yeah, I am. I, I, I wouldn't know it. Picasso from a, from a, from a, uh, name another famous artist here. A Rembrandt, a I, I, would, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. I think I know Starry Night or something. Van Gogh. Yeah, but it's just, fa- even if you're not into art, it's just fascinating. And the thing that comes out that I thought was just so incredibly interesting is that I guess in the 90s and um, there were a lot of art heist going on. And if you had a one of a kind painting, they said it was a get out of jail free card for um, the mafia, for um you know, any big time criminal activity that if you could produce a work of art, you could get out of jail free because the feds just wanted the art back, you know, so they would let you out. So a lot of the um, the art heists that were going on during that time, there were even a couple of um, galleries in New York that were getting hit. The The people that were behind it mostly were the mob. So it's just very interesting. And they think that this was an inside job. Here's the blurb from Netflix. I want to share it with you. In 81 minutes... During the early hours of March 18, 1990, two thieves posing as Boston police officers took $500 million. I thought it was $200. $500 million in art from the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum. It was the most expensive art heist in history. One of the world's most uh, enduring unsolved mysteries made all the more confounding by its three decades of publicity. And the years since leads to the missing works by such masters as Rembrandt, um, and these other painters whose names I can't pronounce Mm -hmm. dead ended or disappeared in a quicksand of hearsay suspects died and detectives retired faint trails ranging from sensational um, to more mundane went ice cold despite a reward of offering five million dollars none of the works have been recovered and no arrests were ever made fascinating check it out yeah and the FBI kind of bumbled the whole thing this is a robbery it's on Netflix and it's It's four episodes we're halfway in but you googled and you know what's going on a little bit yeah a little bit Gallery Furniture in Gainesville, 1600 Brownsbridge Road. Uh, Donna is going to work with you um, on financing if you if you need that. And Donna is also going to get whatever piece you're looking for into the 16,000 square foot 
warehouse and showroom. So whether you're looking for a dining room table, a king size bed for your master bedroom or a sofa for your living room, gallery furniture has you covered with many brands and styles. Uh, Monarch table and chairs plus a bench, $849 the price, recliners and $299, tons of bedding options, and um, gallery furniture, GA on Instagram. They're always posting new pieces when they arrive on the social media channels, and they go fast because many of them are one of a kind. Yeah, and they're also doing some giveaways right now. Um, if, if you, It's really important. Follow them on their social channels, Instagram and Facebook, because they're doing a giveaway. Um, they did just, just did a random giveaway last week. Um, so you want to be up to date on all of that stuff because she's always doing great things for her community in Gainesville and the greater good. You know, on social media, they'll do just pop on and do some giveaways. You can win a mattress just, just by following them on Instagram. So um, it's a great follow. So make sure you're doing that. Ask for the Wolfman merch. Ask for Donna merch available on the website. Ask for the Wolfman.com. You'll find him in Gainesville over, uh, gosh, she grew up with Donna and the Wolfman and the Wolfman's wife, but uh, 30 plus years, family business, locally owned and operated in Gainesville Gallery Furniture. Ask for the Wolfman.com. All right. Donna has some riffraff. Okay, let's do, let's do this song. Let's get this right. Okay. Are you going to sing it with me this I'm time? not. Oh, I'm not. Here we go. Count me down. One and a two and a one, two, three, go. You see it. You mm. want it. You don't really need it. All right. Let's work on that, maybe. I have been. That's have the you? bad thing. Okay. All right. Anyways. All this right. Is, this is Riff Raff Donna buys on Instagram and, and shouldn't. But today it's not Instagram. Today is We're Amazon. It Amazon. I'm bringing Amazon in there because I just order stuff from everywhere. But um, have you seen the story about the drivers having to pee in bottles? No. And Amazon's finally come out and said that you're right. Our drivers have to pee in like Mountain Dew bottles. Why? They don't because they to... don't give them time for breaks. Okay, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And so, like, if you share... I smell a class action lawsuit. If you share a Amazon delivery van with uh, Denise... Ew. Um, and, like, you have the day shift and Denise has the night shift. Well, Denise pees in her bottles. And a lot of times, she, they, they forget and they leave them in the delivery truck. And so, the next morning, you may get Where up... Where is this going? You may get up to go drive vehicle 8139... And there's urine bottles. Like, okay, let me just say this. Mm-hmm. If Donna drove an Amazon truck, I couldn't get my pee in a bottle. Like, I don't understand this. Like, if you're a man, you can do that. If you're a woman, you can't pee in a bottle. Well, that's what they say. All right. Well, anyways, so what I bought is not pee in a bottle. It is, this, this is really cool. It's, they're called, um, they're by Multage. I don't know how you say that. But anyways, it's magnetic anti-loss straps for AirPods. Now you're going to be like, what? Um, but they come in different colors. And basically, it's like a little lanyard. It's like a neck rope cord and you mm-hmm. wear it around your neck. Because AirPods are great, but how many times a day do you hear from one of our children, I don't know where my other AirPod is. They I heard it last have, night. They always have one, but then they don't have the other one and it's in the bed or they fall asleep with it in their ears and all this stuff. So if you work out, but you still want to use AirPods, you put this little um, digi-do around your neck and it holds your AirPods on it so that they never fall off. Or like if you're, you know, if you're on a plane or something and you, you know, your one's going to fall out and roll under someone's seat and then you got to dig around on someone's seat and then they get mad. And they're like, what are you doing under there? So these are awesome. Okay. I forgot how much I paid for them, but they're not much. I want to say like nineteen ninety nine. So we'll include this in the letter. So they, they, you don't get the AirPods. No. You it's just, just get a like strap. the harness. It's a little harness to put them on. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm telling you, it is very needed. You don't wear AirPods, so you don't know. But I mean, you're constantly, imagine that little thing falling off. Do you know the other thing I read about AirPods the other day? Tell me. There are, that this next generation is going to have massive amounts of hearing loss because they're, those are so wedged down in your ear. 
and that they're seeing younger and younger kids. And this was the most disgusting thing. Although I find this, you know, I find this creepily fascinating. And you could use a previous Instagram purchase to clear this up. You can get a huge wax ball in your ear, like a mold wax ball from wearing these ear pods because moisture gets trapped in there. But then what you do is you go back to a previous episode where I got the bee, bee gone mm -hmm. earwax right. remover and you remove your wax ball. So it's like synergy within your riffraff segment here. Correct. For products, synergy products. Synergy. Product synergy. Synergy. All right. So synergy uh -huh. is a word we used to always hear when we worked for Disney. Remember? Mm -hmm. Synergy. Mm -hmm. A lot of synergy. Well, because Disney had ESPN, mm -hmm. they had ABC, they had theme parks. And so yes. you're always supposed to be promoting the other uh, entities. Yes. Within and the Walt Disney. We talked about the chili email that I used to get when we worked for Disney. But the other <laughs> one that we got was. One day, Disney decided that are we are we are we spilling Disney secrets? Yes, that they decided that instead of using thousands, each each park used different bags. Okay, and so they decided they were going to use one uniform kind of plastic Disney bag in every park, and the they put in bold letters how much money they were saving, and it was like three million something dollars that they had just saved in one single decision. I was fascinated by that. Tell the chili story real quick. We've told that before. I know, but real quick, you were on. You somehow got added to an email chain with the manager of what was the hot dog place on, on Casey's? Casey's Hot Dogs, yes. which is right there, Main Street, on Main Street. When you walk into Disney World, well, because the radio station that you and I used to work for was owned by Disney for a while, some glorious years where we got in for free, we got free strollers. It was just yeah, okay. it was amazing. It was. However, I was got somehow got added to some email like chain. Donna showed Atlanta. Yes. Got added to the Casey's hot dog chain. And there was a huge issue with the temperature of the chili <laughs> that was added to the hot dogs. The funny thing was the two people who were on the chain were me and Johnny Gray, who was our program director, who was probably one of the funniest people on earth. And him and I would howl about this. And we, he would be like, should we remove ourselves? I'm like, no, this is like gold. It's like drama. Yeah, this is golden. Because these people would argue about how they were bringing the chili out too early and they needed to bring the chili out at a certain time because if the chili sat into this container, then it got cold and the guests were complaining that the chili was cold that was going on top of their hot dog and they were having to refund all these hot dogs and then the chili sales went down. It was insanity. And finally, it went on for like six months. And and these chili people would argue in, in the email about we've put our you know temperature gauges in there and we've cleared it. It's at 180 degrees. Or whatever. I mean, it was it's crazy. And then one day we just were off the chain. I think they were like, went through the list. And who are these like, two people these from Atlanta? <laughs> from, from radio. <laughs> who are these two rogue people that never comment? And that's what I told Johnny. I said, should we comment? And I think one time he did. And he like just put the chili's good. <laughs> you were gone. You were removed from the email chain. That outed us. All right. So um, if you need information about Donna's Riff Raff, just yes. uh, check our social media channels, Twitter and Instagram at ATL Cadillac, uh, the Cadillac Jack Facebook fan page, and the voicemail text line uh, that is specific to the My Second Act podcast. And all the voicemails and texts come straight to my phone, 770-464-6024. Our thanks to executive producer Carl Appen. New episodes Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac Jack My Second Act, part of the Appen Podcast Network.